What's up, everybody? This is Dan White. With me, as always, is Tim Lyons. Tim, what's up, buddy? What's crapping in, Dan? <laughs> we are recording this bright and early in the morning, and this is now our fourth take. <laughs> we keep screwing up the intro. Uh, but Tim made a choice, I think, in take two to say what's crapping in, and he stuck and with I, it. I stuck take. with it this time, yeah. <laughs> Oh, we got a very special mini bonus episode this week. Timmy, you want to explain what's going on? Yes. Yes, I do, Dan. Uh, This is a bonus scene featuring Meredith Stepien and Brian Holden from our main feed. Uh, We weren't able to fit it into the main feed, but it is such a funny uh, scene from the two of them that we wanted to share it with y'all. Yeah, every week we do extended episodes. Uh, If you join our Patreon at the $5 Improv Pervert level, you have access to the extended episodes of our main feed episodes. And sometimes, like weeks like this, uh, we just have something we really, really love that we just aren't able to fit into the main feed. And so usually we just keep it exclusive to the uh, extended or to the Patreon feed. But this week we just wanted to share it with you all because this scene really tickled us. Yeah, it made me laugh uh, a lot when I heard it. Yeah, so uh, as always, thanks to Brian and Meredith for being our guests on the show this week, and we hope you enjoy this very special mini bonus episode. Uh, And if you like it, you can get more of this sort of stuff at our Patreon. That's uh, patreon.com backslash improv is dead. Link in the show notes as always. And I think that's all the bullshit up top, right, Timmy? We made it through it, Dan. Kind of. I'm going to have to still edit this one pretty heavily because we had a lot of screw-ups. But anyways, thanks so much for listening to Improv is Dead. We'll see you all next week. Brian, I wanted to ask you about because um, how you've been recording audiobooks for like uh, pre-pandemic as well, right? Uh, you had started doing it. How's it been going? Has it been lucrative uh, in the quarantine? Uh, it's been yeah, it's been a real lifesaver. I mean, I feel like I was um, I got into recording audiobooks a few years ago um, because I was listening to a lot of audiobooks and was enjoying it and saw it as like a cool sort of performance opportunity. So I started a uh, uh, getting into that and finding some work there. And it, it was kind of like right as the pandemic hit that I was uh, hitting my stride or like was really, you know, was booking a lot more audiobook work. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it was like, you know, I really am thankful almost every day for that um, because, for pandemic? you know, I'll just say every day. I'll just say, <laughs> no, not the pandemic. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, <laughs> uh, just, yeah, it, it was really just like. Really so you were timing. pivoting careers to a career that you could continue during the pandemic is what you're saying. Um, yeah, well, I think it was just sort of coincidence. I mean, I was I was pivoting to some audiobook work so that I could be more flexible and like I record all my audiobooks from home. Um, there's a lot of audiobook work right now. It's like a it's it grows like a, the field or the industry grows a lot every year. And I thought it was interesting. So that's what got me into it. Uh, yeah. And then once the pandemic hit, it was like all those things needed to be possible. And and a lot more people, you know, I really feel for the people that were trying to look for work at the beginning of the pandemic, people in our field who are like actors or even just 
voice professionals in general who like weren't set up, like weren't used to what it's like to get into that industry and stuff. Cause it's a, it's a bit of a, you know, learning curve getting into the audiobook world. There's a, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, it's kind of like labor intensive acting, you know? Uh, Dude, I have just... always said, I will go, I will always go to bat for this. That you put me down, this, mark me as down as this. I think voice actors are infinitely more talented than actual actors. <laughs> I always, I think 80 to 90% of like Hollywood acting is just being an attractive person. And when you mm-hmm. can't be attractive and you only have to rely on actual like inflection and tone, like, those are the real actors. Yeah. What I'm saying well, I mean, is, Brian, not... your real actor, Tim, is is just a, a pretty face on screen. I don't, and I I'm sorry that I'm so hot. Uh, <laughs> that's just it's just something it's just something that Hollywood is going to figure out very soon. Tim keeps trying to get into VO, but people just keep putting him back yeah. in front of the camera. They, uh, they hear they hear my voice and they go, "I think this guy's hot." <laughs> Uh, Brian, what what is like, because audiobook, I mean, how long does it take you to like do, I have two questions. How long does it usually take you to do a typical audiobook? And then also, do you read the books beforehand so that you're not like the, the surprise of like, if there's like a shock that happens in the book, it doesn't come through <laughs> where you're like, oh my God, like you don't like, you're not connected to the story? Um, Those are both good questions. So I I do always read the books beforehand because you actually don't want to be uh, you don't want to be surprised by stuff. Um, mm. The acting, you know, bringing that sort of genuine reaction is is where the acting part of it comes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, <laughs> but I've been in <laughs> I've been in situations before where I didn't do my homework well enough, and I would get to like later in the book, and the author would be like, you know, her accent was like her mother's from Southern Texas, and I'd be like, no, like I. <laughs> Like if I had done my prep well enough and like had read that line specifically, I would have yeah. known to do the character differently. Wow, so that's caused that's me some headaches in the past. So um, interesting to miss one line. <laughs> it changes every the it, entire accent or inflection in the entire book. That would be a nightmare. Let me tell you, it can ruin your whole day. Oh, I love that. And then, and then it usually takes me, so like for a 10 hour book, it'll probably take me between 20 and 30 hours to record. Um, okay. Wow, that sounds like you're bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> I just do it super slow, oh, just and then I speed it up. Um, no, yeah. So it's usually it's about like a one to two or one to three record, like playback time to record time ratio. Okay. Wow. Brian Very had a moment like you, Tim, where he was he was recording like a really intense part of a book. And our sweet downstairs neighbor is this older, older woman. Mm -hmm. And um, she started texting and she she texted both of us and just said, Brian, are you home? And I went, I was like, he, he's, he is home. I can go grab him for you because sometimes she needs help like opening jars and stuff. So I like, (laughs) anyway, Brian got it in his head. He was like, oh my God. It was right when I, in this part of the book when I'm, what were you saying? It, it was right at this part of the book where I was going, shut up, shut up. <laughs> now is not the time for you to talk. It's the time for you to listen. Oh. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> and so it was exactly like your thing, Tim. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Our neighbor thinks uh, that I'm like an abusive husband yeah. to Meredith. He thought oh that she God. was like being clever by being like, Brian, are you home? Oh, As if to that say, is like, 100% like, what was happening. Yeah, but then he couldn't, 
he texted her back and was like, I am home. Do you need anything? And she wasn't saying anything back. And she didn't say anything back till the next day when she saw us. And, and Brian was like, that's it. 100% that's it. You know yeah. what I love about this too, Meredith, is that your general disposition is so cheerful compared to like the average person. She probably read your text and we're like, oh, she's overcompensating. There's definitely something going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're probably like, things are great. What are you? How's it going? And she was like, oh no, this is a bad situation here. Brian's just so stressed when he gets home from work. <laughs> <laughs> but in the end, she just needed help carrying a bin. That's yeah, awesome. it was. Yeah, it, no, what it was is she had a bunch of old VHSs that she wanted me to carry to her car for her. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Well, hey, I think this is a good uh, place to jump into it. Tim, you feel good? Yeah, I feel, I feel great. Uh, Louie, you just want to go ahead and give me another line read? Uh, I think you got it great, but I, I want to get a couple safeties. Sure, absolutely. Um, okay. Uh, Peter, hold out your hand. That's right. Take the stone. Peter, look me in the eyes. I have things to tell you now. <laughs> uh, sorry, line? Yeah, it's Peter. I have things to tell you now. Um, this is actually kind of what I was a little concerned about. I don't think that you did your research on the book here. No, absolutely. I, I've never uh, read a, a book. I've never read a book. <laughs> yeah, that honestly was my biggest concern because you keep asking me for lines and um, you have the script in front of you. You have the book in front of you. <laughs> I was trying to I'm be just... nice. I was trying to be nice when I said I didn't think that you had, you, that you had prepared, but I, what I was implying was that you can't read. No, I I can I can read. It's mostly just like I look down and I start reading, and I I think like this isn't this isn't right. <laughs> I move my eyes away. I I leave it be. You know. Mm-hmm. So I've I've tried I've tried to read a, a book before, but I've never read a book. I it doesn't feel right. It's not natural. It's not good. Sure, I understand. So you're you're uh, right now. You're we're recording a instructional manual. Um, this mm-hmm. is for uh, uh, visually impaired individuals to help them assemble an IKEA dresser. Uh, this <laughs> comes standard. And what seems to be happening is that you get about to step two, and you have created what I want to say is a pretty elaborate novel at this point. <laughs> It, well, I'm using my imagination, yeah, and I think yeah. that's that's what it is about books that I don't like. They're forcing, they're forcing their own narrative into your imagination, okay, and so taking I'll, away my creative power. Totally understand. Um, all right, cool. Well, I'll go ahead and give your line. Your your line, and I, your line is uh, insert rod B into hole four. Okay, Peter, look me in the eyes. Take. Okay, yeah, I hate to stop. I hate to stop you uh, in the middle of a line read here, but um, mm-hmm. I, I, you, you've created a very engaging protagonist in Peter, a uh, very three-dimensional character. But again, I think um, ultimately what we just need is um, insert Rod C into hole four. Okay, but he, well, now Peter's there. He's really there. He, he exists, you know, Mm-hmm. Some may say in my mind, but in my heart, I can't take him away. Uh, and also, you know, if we're not doing it for Peter, who are we doing this for? 
We need to make that clear. We're, okay, we're doing this for visually impaired customers of IKEA. Sure. Who's to say that's not Peter? Who's to say that the visually impaired individuals at IKEA are not looking within themselves and they see Peter there? And I'm helping them to unlock Peter. Okay, yeah. Hey, Roger, uh, are you using the common space tonight? Can I uh, can I use the common space to put some furniture together and <laughs> just kind of have the space? Yeah, sure. It's it's all yours. Yeah, what you putting together? Um, I'm actually taking apart and putting together some stuff that I picked up from IKEA the other day, but I have to. It sucks because you have to buy different pieces of furniture in order to get the rest of the story. So uh, I I have to buy like a whole furniture set to. <laughs> I'm like super engaged in this like novel oh. that they're said ikea is now telling through like you buy all the different types of furniture but I, yes. I bought the chair and i was like and then like i finished building the chair and then it's like please buy table for the rest of the story i've heard about this yeah it's like yeah. one of the most brilliant marketing techniques it's a, i've ever I, heard it's I'm it's like three thousand dollars in the hole right now and i feel like <laughs> I, I feel like i have don't even know what peter's gonna do with this stone <laughs> <laughs> narrative instruction manuals that's great yeah i mean would it be awkward if i kind of like jumped into the story late or should I I mean I would tell you to go buy the chair All right, and next up, the lamp. um uh, Eric uh Eric Titner is that are you Eric Titner? Yeah, I'm okay, Eric Titner. Okay, go ahead and slate uh your name and height for the camera for me. Okay. Hi, I'm Eric Titner and I'm 5'8", five, 5 feet 8 inches tall. All right, um, great. And so, Eric, as you know, they have optioned the rights uh, to Peter and the shelf. Um, so you're going to be reading for the role of shelf. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so you should have the sides there. And mm-hmm. uh, if you want to go ahead, whenever you're ready, just go ahead and give me, uh, I'll be reading uh, yeah. Peter. Real quick, real quick, I just want to tell you how much this work meant to me. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm getting choked up. How much this work meant to me as I was uh, entering my college sphere mm-hmm. and uh, starting to kind of get some of my own furniture, and I didn't realize That's great. that I would that I would have all these uh, these. Well, I guess I call them friends. Mm-hmm. These characters that would come out of these manuals. Yeah, uh, that's it, so it is, great. I'm it is so, life changing. I'm so glad. Well, feel free to use that. And so getting to audition for the for the film version of it is yeah. just And this is Max. I'm um, really pumped to be here. That's I'm so happy to hear that. And this is Max. He's gonna be sticking a broom in your mouth for the purposes of the audition. Is that all right with you? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Yeah, so so my mouth is one of the your mouth broom is whole clasping four. hinges. Your mouth is whole four. <laughs> whole four. Yeah. Okay. I just and- wanna I'm Max, sorry. I just want to show you the broom. I actually have to legally show you the broom so you can understand, you know, how big how big it is, how big you need to open your mouth. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. We ha- a few people have lost teeth. Yeah, Max, I got to yeah. be honest. I'm, I, or Eric, I'm being honest. I'm eyeballing it. I don't think that broom's going to fit in your mouth. So, um, it, Yes, it will. Chance. Yes, it will. <laughs> no, come on. 
Come on, don't I was give me a chance. The same thing. I was thinking the same thing, and unfortunately, this. Hey, is... Max, why don't you shut the fuck up? <laughs> Listen, uh, I, I can fit the broom in my fucking okay. mouth. No worries, okay? shut Eric. The fuck up. That's okay. It's okay, Max. It's okay. You're doing a great job. We appreciate it, Eric. I'm gonna have you slate for me again. Just give me your name, your height. Tell me that you're willing to shave, and then I need you to look in the camera and give me your full legal name and say that you consent to the brown, the broom being pushed into your mouth. Okay. Hi, I'm Eric Tittlebaum. I'm five feet, eight inches tall. I can shave any part of my body, and that broom's going in my mouth. <laughs> All right, great. Um, and um, so you can go ahead. I'll give you the first line here. <clears throat> Insert rod C into hole four. <laughs> Why? Why don't you insert that rod C into my hole four? Okay, and the broom's coming in now. <laughs> it doesn't fit, boss. It doesn't Keep trying, Max. Keep trying, Max. It will fit. We got Paramount put it zooming in here. Okay, great. It's not fitting, boss. Huh? I don't know what else to do. You're doing a great job, Max. Go ahead and take it out. Um, I have a couple <sighs> notes from the director for Eric. <sighs> Okay. Eric, are you okay? I think I got one more in me. <laughs> All right, I'm going to need you to stand back up, Eric, for me. Stand back okay. up for me. Um, uh, sorry about my so, spit. So that's okay. Um, so we want to do it again, and this time you, you want the broom in your mouth, okay? That time it looked like you were fighting actively against the broom. Yeah. You're the shelf. Yeah. You're, this no, is, I felt This that. is your prized hole. This is hole four, yep. okay? Okay. And so yep. we want rod C straight yep. into hole four, okay? Yep. And you're psyched. You're going, that's right where yep. this rod C belongs is in my Absolutely. hole four. You understand? Yeah. Oh no. Okay. Yeah. That's actually what I keep thought your, at first. Keep your legs upright, okay? That time you kind of dropped to your knees and got and kind of started like flailing violently. I want you to just keep it straight. I think. Yeah. I think the broom just touched the uh, the tiniest part of the bottom of my brain, but I think this time I'll be okay. <laughs> Boss, I gotta say, I think the biggest part of the issue here is that this broom doesn't fit in that guy's mouth. Max, I'm gonna snap your neck. <laughs> Are you hearing this? I understand. I'm ready. All right. I'm ready for take two. Uh, I'm sitting. I'm sitting down here right now with Eric Tittlebaum, uh, who played the shelf in Peter and the Shelf. Eric, it's so so incredible to have you here. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Uh, so, kind of guide me through this. What was the audition process for something like this? And then after this, I know. I mean, this was a Scorsese joint. Uh, mm -hmm. So, uh, what was it like working with Scorsese and and that whole thing leading up to uh, this this film? Well, it was wild. Um, at first, I, I, you know, they didn't tell anyone that Scorsese was attached. Okay, so the the secrecy mm. surrounding this project was insane, and another big issue was that uh, the scripts were actually in Swedish because it's mostly wow. an IKEA movie. So we couldn't. A lot of us actors like couldn't even read anything. So. Wow. My agent told me not to improv. He said that these guys hate improv. Yeah. Uh, and so I I went in there and I thought to myself right right before the audition started, fuck my agent. And wow. I just kind of like went with the flow. Um, they shoved a, a broom into my mouth, like deep into my mouth. And that's what I was going to say next. Yeah. Uh, because that was the titular moment in the film. And I was hoping that yeah. right here in the studio, we'd be able to get you... Uh, for the fans watching outside uh, the window here, 
yeah. um, you can see them with their signs that say broom and hole four, broom and hole four. <laughs> It'd be great to just get you to to me right now with the broom I have here, and I, I don't know if it's the same yeah. size, kind of a big one. Well, um, Bob, yeah, let me say, I, I I get a little uncomfortable doing this, you know, since the film came out, I get asked to do this all the time, yeah. and I got an ear, nose, throat doctor that said don't do it anymore, mm-hmm. uh, so... I, well, I'd hate to let the fans down. They all came out here to yeah. see us put a broom in your mouth. Uh, okay. Oh, okay, okay. Let's do the broom in mouth. Let's do the broom in all mouth. Right, yeah. here we go. Okay. All right. Give me a one, two, three. Yeah. One, two, and, and three. Oh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely incredible. Oh, the range of this guy. Eric Kittlebaum. <laughs> The film is Peter and the Shelf. It opens everywhere this Friday, January 21st. You're going to see a lot more of that extra. And I think you're going to see a lot more of this guy in Hollywood as time goes on. Sorry for my spit. That's okay, Eric.